friends, welcome back. Today's story for us is part two of The Velveteen Rabbit, or How Toys Become Real, by Marjorie Williams. We will be starting from springtime. If you're ready, let's get in our comfy, cozy reading spots. And if you have the book of the day and want to read along, please do. Let's begin. Part 2 of The Velveteen Rabbit, or How Toys Become Real, by Marjorie Williams. We're starting with springtime. Spring came, and they had long days in the garden, for wherever the boy went, the rabbit went too. He had rides in the wheelbarrow, and picnics on the grass, and lovely fairy huts built for him under the raspberry canes behind the flower border. And once, when the boy was called away suddenly to go out to tea, the rabbit was left out on the lawn until long after dusk, and Nana had to come and look for him with the candle because the boy couldn't go to sleep unless he was there. He was wet through with the dew and quite earthy from diving into the burrows the boy had made for him in the flower bed, and Nana grumbled as she rubbed him off with the corner of her apron. "'You must have your old bunny,' she said. "'Fancy all that fuss for a toy!' The boy sat up in bed and stretched out his hands. "'Give me my bunny,' he said. "'You mustn't say that. He isn't a toy. He's real.' When the little rabbit heard that, he was happy, for he knew that what the skin horse had said was true at last. The nursery magic had happened to him, and he was no longer a toy. He was real. The boy himself had said it. That night, he was almost too happy to sleep, and so much love stirred in his little sawdust heart that it almost burst. And into his boot-button eyes that had long ago lost their polish, there came a look of wisdom and beauty, so that even Nana noticed it the next morning when she picked him up, and said, I declare if that old bunny hasn't got quite a knowing expression. That was a wonderful summer. Near the house where they lived, there was a wood, and in the long June evenings, the boy liked to go there after tea to play. He took the velveteen rabbit with him, and before he wandered off to pick flowers or play at brigands among the trees, he always made the rabbit a little nest somewhere among the bracken where he could be quite cozy, for he was a kind-hearted little boy and he liked Bunny to be comfortable. One evening, while the rabbit was lying there alone, watching the ants that ran to and fro between his velvet paws in the grass, he saw two strange beings creep out of the tall bracken near him. They were rabbits, like himself, but quite furry and brand new. They must have been very well made, for their seams didn't show at all, and they changed shape in a queer way when they moved. One minute they were long and thin, and the next minute fat and bunchy instead of always staying the same like he did. Their feet padded softly on the ground, and they crept quite close to him, twitching their noses, while the rabbit stared hard to see which side the clockwork stuck out, for he knew that people who jumped generally have something to wind them up. But he couldn't see it. They were evidently a new kind of rabbit altogether. They stared at him, and the little rabbit stared back, and all the time their noses twitched. "'Why don't you get up and play with us?' one of them asked. "'I don't feel like it,' said the rabbit, 
for he didn't want to explain that he had no clockwork. Ho, said the furry rabbit, it's as easy as anything. And he gave a big hop sideways and stood on his hind legs. I don't believe you can, he said. I can, said the little rabbit. I can jump higher than anything. He meant when the boy threw him, but of course he didn't want to say so. Can you hop on your hind legs? asked the furry rabbit. That was a dreadful question, for the velveteen rabbit had no hind legs at all. The back of him was made all in one piece, like a pincushion. He sat still in the bracken and hoped that the other rabbits wouldn't notice. I don't want to, he said again. But the wild rabbits have very sharp eyes, and this one stretched out his neck and looked. He hasn't got any hind legs, he called out. Fancy a rabbit without any hind legs. And he began to laugh. I have, cried the little rabbit. I have got hind legs. I am sitting on them. Then stretch them out and show me, like this, said the wild rabbit. And he began to whirl around and dance till the little rabbit got quite dizzy. I don't like dancing, he said. I'd rather sit still. But all the while he was longing to dance, for a funny new tickle feeling ran through him, and he felt he would give anything in the world to be able to jump about like these rabbits did. The strange rabbit stopped dancing and came quite close. He came so close this time that his long whiskers brushed the velveteen rabbit's ear. And then he wrinkled his nose suddenly and flattened his ears and jumped backwards. He doesn't smell right, he exclaimed. He isn't a rabbit at all. He isn't real. I am real, said the little rabbit. I am real. The boy said so. And he nearly began to cry. Just then there was a sound of footsteps and the boy ran past near them. And with a stamp of feet and a flash of white tails, the two strange rabbits disappeared. Come back and play with me, called the little rabbit. Oh, do come back. I know I am real. But there was no answer. Only the little ants ran to and fro, and the bracken swayed gently where the two strangers had passed. The velveteen rabbit was all alone. Oh, dear, he thought. Why did they run away like that? Why couldn't they stop and talk to me? For a long time, he lay very still, watching the bracken and hoping that they would come back. But they never returned, and presently the sun sank lower, and the little white moths fluttered out, and the boy came and carried him home. Weeks passed, and the little rabbit grew very old and shabby, but the boy loved him just as much. He loved him so hard that he loved all his whiskers off, and the pink lining to his ears turned gray, and his brown spots faded. He even began to lose his shape, and he scarcely looked like a rabbit anymore, except to the boy. To him, he was always beautiful, and that was all that the little rabbit cared about. He didn't mind how he looked to other people, because the nursery magic had made him real, and when you are real, shabbiness doesn't matter. And then one day, the boy was ill. His face grew very flushed, and he talked in his sleep and his little body was so hot that it burned the rabbit when he held him close. Strange people came and went in the nursery, and a light burned all night, and through it all, the little velveteen rabbit lay there, hidden from sight, under the bedclothes, 
and he never stirred, for he was afraid that if they found him, someone might take him away, and he knew that the boy needed him. It was a long, weary time, for the boy was too ill to play, and the little rabbit found it rather dull with nothing to do all day long. But he snuggled down patiently and looked forward to the time when the boy should be well again, and they would go out in the garden amongst the flowers and the butterflies and play splendid games in the raspberry thicket like they used to. All sorts of delightful things he planned, and while the boy lay half asleep, he crept up close to the pillow and whispered them in his ear. And presently, the fever turned, and the boy got better. He was able to sit up in bed and look at picture books while the little rabbit cuddled close to his side. And one day, they let him get up and dress. The end for now. Velveteen Rabbit is real now, at least to the boy. What did you think when the real live rabbits told him he wasn't real? Did it make you sad or mad? And then the boy got sick and couldn't play. But he's better now, and we'll find out what happens next week. Do you snuggle a special toy when you're sick too? Next week, we'll finish the book in part three, and I hope that you'll join me. See you soon!